Hey, what's up, JD? Hey, before we get into the show, uh, our recap portion of Impact and all that. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even on Patreon, uh, stick around. You're going to get the Impact talk. Um, but what I want to do right now is I want to get straight into this uh, Vince McMahon stuff, dude, because this is just absolutely bonkers crazy what's going on in WWE right now. Is it? Well, is it I feel like one of us actually might have actually predicted this. Hey, when you're right 35% of the time, you're wrong, whatever that other number, 65% of the time. Oh, yeah. I was, I don't know. It's just I, I do this thing where I pay attention to how people act normally, and then I apply that to how they might act in the future. So uh, it's funny. The moments before we started the show tonight, I got a direct message from okay. our friend. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let's let's actually tell people what's going on, just in case they've been living under oh, a yeah. rock. I'm, uh, right? I'm so, on, I don't know what's going on, man. You tell me. <laughs> Leave the show. Okay. It's fine. This is bad radio. This is fine. We'll, we'll, but let's actually tell people what's going on. So earlier today, the Wall Street Journal um, released. Um, released a scoop i would say uh at least that's what they said it was a big scoop that vince leak, mcmahon was playing. Is what i would call that yeah. a leak. A leak. strategically that vince mcmahon um george barrios and michelle wilson were all going to be looking to return to wwe in an effort to uh, position the company f- to be sold um and that the word on the street is he thinks that he's the only one that could sell it so he has to come back to wwe and become the chairman again to be able to sell the company and uh, it's also been leaked that he will not listen to any offers for any new streaming rights television rights any media rights nothing like that unless he is actually um, been repositioned as the chairman of the board so he is pulling a power play he owns most of the voting power most of the stock he he is the most powerful guy in the company. He has pulled a power move. He's putting himself back in charge, and he is looking to sell WWE. Maybe, maybe I, I, I don't know. But that, that's the word. He, and then he ended up releasing a press release stating as much. Like he, he's just only he loves everybody. He, everybody's doing a great job. The people that are currently in charge are doing a great job. He just feels like he can help sell the company. That's all it is. It's just a complete innocent thing. Vince just wants to help, and he wants to sell the company. I hate to say I told you so, but I'm going to say I told you so. This is exa- yeah. I mean, like, this is Vince. Someone's like, mm-hmm. people, I see on Twitter, people are like, doesn't he understand the company's better off without him? No. 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 He don't, he don't care. No. Vince. Yeah. Vince, Vince, you know, cares, Vince cares about the most. Vince. Vince. Yeah, he cares about, like, he is driven by ego and power. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I appreciate them doing this right in time for January sweeps, right? Yeah. Always good. Yeah. Or February, February sweeps <laughs> come in. So we're ramping up for that sweeps right now. Good stuff. I got a tag. I got a, a direct message from our buddy. Uh, we have a friend who who works for uh, the Fed, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was that Will Ferrell gif where he's sitting in the chair, the chair is shaking, and the wine is spilling all over him. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, the exact words were. I know he. I think he listens. So must, he, I think he. This is why he does this. It's like the uncertainty is the hardest part. That's mm-hmm. our buddy's words. Um, by the way, yeah. my friend is in fact. This is not a gimmick. This man that I love, like brother does in fact work for the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. So, uh, yeah, I trust him. I, that to me means that they don't know what the hell is going on in Stanford right mm-hmm. now. And none of us do. And I don't know, man, as an outsider looking in, I'm entertained as all hell. 
Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and Sean Ross Sapp actually put out a report that um, people were completely blindsided by it. You know, I, Why? they were blindsided. Why did you blind? He said he was going to do it two months ago. He told everyone he was going to do it. This is like the least surprising turn ever. Yeah, more. it's probably more head in the sand. And they were just, they're happy with their current situation. And they were just hoping that it wouldn't change, right? They're hoping that it would continue. I, you know what? You know who I, I kind of feel bad for is all those people that just returned to WWE that had gotten fired during the pandemic. They yeah. finally got back to their dream job, right? Like Jonah, Bronson Reed, like who seems like a pretty good dude, um, had a lot of faith in Triple H and was brought back. You know Johnny Gar- Gar- Johnny Gargano, some of these guys. You know Carrie Cross and uh, Hit Row, they could eat shit. But you know some of the other folks, I think that are super, really, really talented, that probably spurned other offers from other companies because WWE is their dream job, and they 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 made it back to where they always wanted to be. And now Vince is back. The guy that fired him is coming back home. You know who feels fine? Austin Theory. Um, <laughs> yeah. Austin Theory, not sweating this even a little bit. Um, no. No, I mean, you you know you feel bad for William Regal, who started back to work today. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, he started back today, and then oh, the guy that fired him is already back. Vince is back. You think Miro's calling Tony Khan like, "Hey, boss, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you." And my Dude, wife, she's crazy. You don't listen to her. No, she's yeah. just she's crazy. Yeah, I fine. get the feeling that Lana is really going to enjoy Tony Khan's booking going forward. She's going to be on every podcast she can get on, just talk about how what great, how great of a mind, and how great it is that Miro's been able to be home more and yeah. has been able to get paid and be home more while she, while Tony, the great, uh, beautiful mind, the creative genius Tony Khan, is cooking up another great storyline for her husband Miro. It's like you know, she shouldn't really complain. He, he's getting six figures and he's sitting at home. Andrade yeah. should be the same way. Andrade right. should be like, oh. You know, Charlotte will make money. I'll hang out here in Mexico. It's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as I said, I'm super again. I don't know how this can surprise anyone. Like, this is what he does. Like, yeah, really, I'm surprised about it as it took this long. You know, I, I always knew there was a possibility, but I didn't expect to see it today. Like, Where whenever he just it came announced across, it, I was. Yeah, he just announced it. Oh, by the way, I'm coming back like very soon. And I brought the two people who I really liked, but I fired on Nick Khan's advice. I'm bringing them back with me. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what he's gonna do, right? I mean, and everybody was blaming Nick Nick Khan for all those firings because you're an Vince idiot and Mc- don't pay attention to anything. Yeah, yes, those it was it was Vince McMahon. He was firing all these people to get the <laughs> overhead lower, right? Because profits are through the roof. So he's trying to decrease overhead to make the company a bit more profitable. That way it looks better to to potential buyers vince wants vince is most likely going to sell this thing so he's probably going to come back and shit can a bunch of people and reposition himself to be able to sell the company and then put himself back in charge as lifetime chairman for whoever buys the company yeah i could see you know that. what i mean no yeah. yeah like like who like who has a better relationship with uh comcast than vince mcmahon he's oh, been working with those no people one. forever mm-hmm. yeah he, he's been with them he's been with the usa network since long before it was comcast or mb like he's been yeah. working with nbc since 1985 he's been with usa it, network since 1984 like yeah i mean and this NB, is nbc was a big part of that 80s boom saturday night oh main yeah event. main event it was, that was huge. huge and getting getting hulk and mr t on saturday night live yeah and because he has made them so much money 
over the years, and they have made him a ton of money by they paid him a lot of money for his product. Um, and he's basically kept USA Network on top of the, the cable network charts forever. The guy can do no wrong, including being a serial sex pest, including being a goddamn filthy rapist that he is. He's mm-hmm. getting away with it. Uh, because mm-hmm. no charges have been brought against him, so nobody's going to do a fucking thing about it. They're going to keep giving the guy money. That's how this works. Like, yeah. I hate to be that guy, but like, I'm going to be that guy. Like, yeah. this guy, when you're rich in America, you get away with things unless mm-hmm. someone prosecutes you. And even then, it's still like 50-50. Like, this is this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. And the fact that people are like, well, the, pro- the product is so much better now. They got their biggest deal ever when their product was ass. Yeah, like the WWE product in 2018 was trash. That's when they brought Barry Corbin on, and we're like, "That's your fault. This this company sucks so bad." Like that mm-hmm. was then, and they got their biggest deal ever. You really think that that these people cared that ratings are up slightly? Because that's no. what it is. It's slight. Like, and they were doing, and the ratings turn around. This is the secret nobody wants to hear. The ratings turn around began under Vince, and and so did and so did the box office turnaround. They yeah, were, like they, like the, the, it was before it was before Vince left, and Triple H came in, and and I would say the dorks, right? Like the hardcore, like guys like you and I. Even though I don't, we never like I gave it a shot, and I'm just like, yeah, it's not way for like me. It. Yeah, same. But I think they brought back more people like us who uh, were really into the product and brought, brought some of us back. Brought back, Mike. The, they're where they were. Like it's negligible. Like. Everything well, you, but what I mean was. is, you said you said that ratings are up slightly. Slightly, and they are up. Yeah. Year, they're up year over year, year actually. slightly. And to and, their credit, be, to I their think credit, because of that, to, I, I would give them their credit. To their credit, well, everything else in cable television is contracting because the number of homes with these channels are has decreased something like twenty percent in the last mm-hmm. calendar year. That's a real thing. That's why people can like laugh at numbers all they want for whatever shows. Everything is in the toilet except Monday Night Raw. So you have to give them their credit. They did bring back some people. But realistically, like the people that were brought on by the regime change didn't stick around. Yeah. So who do you think is first on the chopping block? Um, Besides Stephanie and uh, Hunter, right? I think they're going to get moved into like advisory roles. You know what I mean? That's who's next on the show. Because let us not let us not forget that they were both on the outs of the company to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like six months ago, about six months ago, Stephanie was going to go. You know, uh, be a mom. She's going to be mom. She's going to go home. Be mom. You know, she had to be careful because we don't know how Paul's feeling right now, too. You know, and then they're fine all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they're gone. They, they, this yeah. is like this is the power play. This is like the scene in Game of Thrones where the guy goes for the throne and they decapitate them. But they're not going to actually decapitate them. They're just going to do it like figuratively speaking. And people are like, well, everyone's going to quit the company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, but I, I think I think probably the as far as talent goes, I I think Bray Wyatt, you're gone, dude. He's making so much money there there and he can't wrestle like he just had one match since he's been back. I think he's out. Vince couldn't wait to fire that guy and Triple H brought him back. I think he's done. Okay, this is going to sound really bad and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um Vince was right about a lot of these people. Like Bray Wyatt had a mm-hmm. bunch of people tuning in at first and the curiosity and where has that gone? Mm-hmm. Where has that gone? Like you tell me the Uncle Howdy thing is genius because, you know, there's something going on in the backside of the screen, kind of like where my sting mask is. There's people talking. So then it's like good now. But like 
it's it hasn't it hasn't worked like for like week to week ratings. Like he's, I mean, like if I'm Bray Wyatt, like if you're one of those guys who got cut, there's a good chance yeah. you're gone. You know? I get the feeling that Carl Anderson could challenge for that never open weight title again pretty soon. I mean, probably 90 days after Vince takes power. I mean, William Regal left to become, to be with his buddy <laughs> triple H again. Like he, he might, <laughs> it would just be so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only being like this because you know that I have, I have an unreasonable disliking for Paul Levesque, and I cannot describe <laughs> why it is. I just you don't know what? Like, like him. I don't well, know why. It, it was really, it was really in the. I, I think part of it is probably uh, wrestling with shadows and that scene with Triple H and and Brett's wife and all maybe that. a little bit that of he that. Was, he was lying right to her face, saying he knew nothing about it. Right, but I've then, just never the, been a fan of the guy either. Like I just well, don't. And like then him. in the. In the early 2000s, we all knew that he had a position of power, and then he made himself the champion for a long time. Now, now people forget the fact that he always put people over at WrestleMania other than Booker T. Like, he, like he, his win-loss record at Chris WrestleMania Jericho is not says good. What? Chris Jericho yeah, he, says yeah, what? He, well, he, and, he beat, and he beat Chris Jericho. But I'm saying overall, his win-loss record at WrestleMania is not good. Right. Like he always ended up putting people over, but he kept himself over and he kept himself in a position of power. And he definitely played mind games and politics and all the bullshit. And a lot of people just didn't like the guy for a very long time. Hey, man, I some people just can't get past it. I stopped watching because Triple H's reign of terror was the worst bit of television I've ever seen. Like I'm like single handedly. I did not like the guy as Jean-Paul Levesque. I was not a fan. I just don't like him. And the power play stuff, not a fan. And yeah, NXT was fun when they didn't have to do anything yeah. with it, when it could just be a thing an hour-long show on the network that had like, you know, decent storylines, but you know, great matches. And, you can't can't square that. Yeah. You guys got a knife and talent. Ring of Ring of Honor and uh New Japan and TNA talent all over it. Getting, I mean it's easy you, know, you just pick them. And yeah. what bugs me the most is this ass clown will go on public pod will go on like public appearances now and talk about how pro wrestling was a thing that was in bars before Vince <laughs> came on. That's just something that we did in bars. And, I'm, and people go, oh, yes, yes, Paul. That's really what happens because everyone's so fucking stupid that they buy that yeah. shit. I it's it's one of the the thing is, is that we we know that he knows it's not true. I you know what I mean? Like, because he actually like studies wrestling yes. like, as a fan, like superstar Billy Graham and Bruno San Martino. And he was instrumental in bringing those guys in. Yes. He's, in he, he's a big part of the, the historical category for the WWE Hall of Fame. All these people that didn't wrestle in bars were selling out these major arenas all over the world before Vince bought it in 1983. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like he knows that now. I get the feeling that Stephanie and Shane don't know that. I think they like they've been fed bullshit their entire life and they believe it. But Triple H is smarter than that. He knows it, but he knows that that's the lie that's been perpetuated on WWE television since Vince bought the company, and so right. he feels like he has to toe that line and say that we cre- we created wrestling or we took wrestling out of this out of the crappy state that it was in and made it. Now they did make it larger than life and made it more popular than it ever was on television anyway. Um, one company being national, right? I know the Dumont Network in the 1950s and all that stuff. Jim Londos in the 1920s and 30s. Strangle Lewis, I get it. I'm, I I love all that stuff. I'm saying that they, at the time that they took it, they they did make it this like huge industry for themselves. They didn't really make the whole industry to to yeah, they contracted great. the industry. Yeah, they they didn't make the. In- 
they didn't make the industry the better as a whole. They no. they made themselves the kings of the mountain, right? Right, which is not king of the mountain. We'll get back to that later. Hey, um, hey. Like, I don't know, man. I just, I don't like people who, I expect Vince McMahon to lie to me because I think he's like that Donald Trump where he's just like, he's so crazy, he believes his own bullshit, right? Yeah. Like when you're such a liar that you're like George Costanza, like you've convinced yourself the lie is the truth. Like that's Vince. Mm-hmm. Levesque knows better. And he still yeah. does it. So that in my mind makes him worse. Did you see Bleacher? <laughs> I, I think it was Bleacher Report put out the thing where Vince, like their version of the story where Vince was coming back. And Vince's grandson, Declan McMahon, yes. he of no, he of uh, Indiana, Indiana University, the Hoosiers football player. It was like tremendous dub or big dub or something like that. So he's happy it's to grandpa. see his aunt and uncle tossed out. Yeah. Well, it's Shane's son. And that yep. is Grandpa Vince taking over. Of course, he's going to stick with Grandpa. Oh, getting rid of aunt and uncle, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's tremendous. It's so, again, uh, I dude, don't work there. I'm entertained immensely. Well, they need to do um, a Sopranos, but with the, the McMahons. Yeah, I want, a, I want a more to. clear. I want a more clear ending. That's yeah. all I ask for. <laughs> like, just cutting the black with Don't Stop Believing. I need a little more because I'm kind of dumb. Yeah, me too. Um, man, what? Oh. What a shit! What a shitty way to end the Sopranos, and I, that was my favorite show for the longest. Well, he time. was dead. I got, I, I get it. Tony Soprano yeah. was dead, but it was just kind of, not even kind of. It was remarkably anticlimactic. Did I tell you I met James Gandolfini? No, really. Yeah, yeah, In him Hawaii? and uh, no. It, well, no, I just recently moved to Hawaii. He's been dead a while. But um, no, I think you were oh Japan. Oh no, tell me story. You know, in Afghanistan, he came on a USO oh. tour. Him and him and Polly Walnuts, they they came and uh, they were part of some Purple Heart presentations because we had some cool. wounded guys in the in the trauma center that I worked at, and I was just kind of like I knew they were coming. I was walking down the hall. Here comes uh, James Gandolfini, and I shook his hand, took a picture with him, and that's been on my Facebook for a long time. And uh, I didn't get a picture with Polly Walnuts that I really wanted to. Uh, and I think he died recently too. Super sad, but he he's a great character on that show. So, yeah, just uh, fun fun memories of Afghanistan. But uh, um, that was really cool. One of, one of my heroes. I always like he was my favorite TV character for a long time. So that was a really cool moment for me. One of the greatest television characters ever. Yeah, fun memories of Afghanistan is something I've never heard anyone say <laughs> out loud. This is when you know you're yeah. friends with someone who's literally who's a lifer in the military <laughs> when he can say that sincerely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, the Vince McMahon story, I, I felt like we couldn't not talk about it. I know this is an Impact not? podcast, so everybody stick around uh, here in a few moments. We're going to get to our What's Impact your impression? Media. How does this end, Mike? You got you read people very well. Like you, you yeah. get a good rap on people. How do you f- see this whole thing plays out? Because I really don't know. I, you know what? Like. I, I think that just based off of what I saw today, it's very likely that Vince comes back because he has all the power. There's nothing they can do to stop him. There's nothing legally they could do to stop him. Um, but you know what I think we're going to see here in the next week or two, couple weeks? We're going to see more stories being leaked to the press about mm. some of his shenanigans. More info is going to come out. They're going to try to make it to where he to force him into this stuff. Some of these NDAs that have been sealed are going to come unsealed. Here's I think we're in for a bloodbath. We're talking about a company that likes that like covered up for child pet for pedophiles, you know. Yeah. Like Vince, Vince McMahon, is the one that did that, right? Not not oh, not yeah. not know, not yeah. Stephanie and Triple H and Nick. Vince, Vaughn. That was for sure. Vince, that's my that's my point. Yeah, he though. did that. That's my point. 
is that Vince, because people don't respect professional wrestling, is allowed to be an idiot. And everyone seems yeah. to just go, oh, he's a scumbag anyway. You know, and that's my one that's the one thing that trips me up because if he was like a normal human being, for, he would have been he's he's his nine lives ran out somewhere in the in the mid nineties. Like, but he's not, you know? No. Like the dude is like Teflon. Yeah. I mean, I dude, stock the stock went up at the announcement mainly because it of did. the, the Mainly the because sale. of the sale, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, we totally had to talk about that. So, hey, everybody, uh, stick around here in a couple seconds. We're going to go ahead and uh, kick on the impact. We're getting to our impact portion of the show. All right, everybody. Hey, now it's uh, Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And I'm joined as always by JD, by God Oliva. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, how you doing, JD? I didn't watch the show because I didn't get home till 10 o'clock at night. I had a meet and I had to put the kid to bed. So I was going to make it a bit, but I'm like, I'm not going to lie to everybody. Mike, you're going to have to just like educate me and I'm going to listen and react to tonight's show. So I'm (laughs) going to, I'm I'm putting it out there for everybody. I'm not going to lie to the people. Uh, Wrestling season is busy for me. So I'm bad podcast host. It's all good. I I watched every, every ounce of the show in detail so I can kind of comment on what, and you just tell me what you think of what I tell you. (laughs) But before we get into the recap uh, portion of the show, uh, I'd like to dedicate the podcast today to uh, one of the all time great characters and great color men. And one of the, just like one of the faces of uh, TNA slash impact wrestling. One of my, one of my all time favorites, Don West, he lost his battle with uh, cancer just last week. Um, Shortly after we got done recording our podcast that we had already posted. So um, rest in peace, Don West, man. What a great dude. The word character gets thrown around, but Don West was like a legitimate character, right? Like the giant ball of energy from selling baseball cards on, was it QVC or Home Shopping Network? It was called the shop. It was like a a secondary version or like a tier version. It was called the Shop at Home Network. I think it was a cable channel. Yeah. I couldn't remember where, but I remember watching him try to sell me baseball cards and being like, this dude's a madman. Like, yeah. And when he became a pro wrestling announcer, I remember thinking, this is perfect. Like, this guy is perfect for pro wrestling. And he was. Mm-hmm. Like, you were never going to see someone who had the kind of, and it wasn't fake with Don West, like that kind of energy no. and enthusiasm. It was just him. And I think he's a guy in his era we didn't appreciate because it was so different than what mm-hmm. the other guys were doing. But as you look back on it, you really can say, you know what? Don West was his own guy, right? And sometimes like what is not done on that other channel gets looked down on because just for being different. Yeah. And I think that um, I think people have come around to how great Don West was. And like he was part of the charm that even those ugly years of early impact, right? Having Don there really made it fun. You know, and the world's a worse place without Don West. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I, I, so I was like in my early 20s when Don West was around. So I thought he was awesome. So I think guys my age and younger loved Don West. Um, I was disappointed when Taz came in and took over, although I understood it. I think at that point he probably ran its course. You need, they needed to switch things up a little bit. And Taz was a, was a bigger name in the wrestling industry. So they brought him in, but they still kept him around to sell merchandise. But I think some of the, 
older older fans during that time, like guy like a, guys that were a couple generations ahead of us, they didn't really like Don West because he was so different. And so they they would trash him like, oh, he's not technically proficient. He doesn't know the names of the holds. He doesn't know this, doesn't know that. No, he was a fan and he brought a ton of energy and he made everything he talked about better. He made everything funner. And you know who does that to uh, now, who, who is the modern day Don West? It's Pat McAfee. Right. He's not a wrestling expert. He's not a wrestling historian, but he he watches the show like a fan and he gets really into it. And he's super energetic and everything he does is everything he says is believable. Like, I believe that he's excited about that. That's what I thought about Don West. Like he made every move, every hit, every every flip, every dive, every chair shot. He made it. He made it 10 times better than it really was. Like he sold it to me. You know what I mean? I never understood why Don had to be that guy when he's sitting next to Mike today, who's the king of being that guy. And that's why they work together because Mike was the encyclopedia and Don was the the big energetic, you know, crazy guy. Like Mm -hmm. the dichotomy is what works. You can't have two guys being the exact same, right? It doesn't make for an entertaining for I almost said podcast. It doesn't make for, it almost doesn't make for an entertaining show, but those again, Believe me, where this is an impact podcast, we've seen some ridiculousness come and go. <laughs> like, but they they made it work and their present mm-hmm. their their contributions to the presentation carried this show through a lot of dark stories and dark years. <laughs> like yeah. imagine how bad a lot of that stuff is without Don West, right? Mm-hmm. Like again, it's a lot of those guys that hang out like the board who have no fun, you know. Right. The you know, the infamous board, you know, if you know, you know. Like yeah. I I don't know, man. I always appreciated the guy. Like yeah, me too. Because again, TNA had to be different than WWE. And that was one of the ways they were different. And it was Mike mm-hmm. and Don. That was it wasn't JR and the King or whatever. That's and that's why it was quite frankly better, in my opinion, in a lot of cases. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, they a lot of times they didn't have you know good stuff to work with, but the, the but they made that stuff better. They made it passable. It's it's almost like you know because they put the lyrics to the music, right? So hey, the music's yeah. bad, but you have a good lyricist. Sometimes you can get away with it, or or vice versa. Sometimes the if the you know the the guitar riffs and the drums are really good, and you don't have good lyricist Limp Biscuit. Sometimes you get away with that, and you can do really well. But whenever they came together, man, whenever they were putting their lyrics to an awesome match, not them was better in my opinion um and some of the all-time classic moments you know um elix skipper up on the six sides of steel doing the hurricane rana off the top kurt angles day kurt angles the announcement of kurt angles debut just Mm -hmm. him going crazy jeff hardy's moves um doing the swanton just you know that's freaking insane like don west was just he was just the man dude i just loved him so much and uh, he's sorely going to be missed. Mike, you're the man for being man enough to stop this pretending that Limp Biscuit stuff was good. Like, I've hated this reinvention <laughs> where everyone's like, oh, no, Limp Biscuit was actually a really good band. And I'm going to I'm in my 40s. I can tell you for a fact, Limp Biscuit sucked 20 <laughs> years ago and they suck now. We need to stop pretending. Thank you, sir. Oh, well, so uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to send you a picture of me in high school when I'm like 16, 17 years old. With a stupid with, red hat on or something like that? No, I had blue hair. I had a ball chain <laughs> necklace and a Limp biscuit shirt with a backwards red hat. There for a couple of years, they were like my favorite band. But then as I got into my 20s, like, you know, because their first couple of albums, yeah. you know, like once you if you didn't really pay attention to what 
Fred Durst oh, was music. saying, yeah. the music part of it, right? Like Wes Borland is a great guitar, great guitar player. player. Like he's not all, you know what I mean? Like um, the the fucking guy from House of Pain, the DJ. What, what mm-hmm. was his name? I can't, DJ Lethal. Good, Lethal. good yeah, DJ. Yeah. Um, the drummer, good drummer. You know what I mean? So the music mm-hmm. was always pretty good. The original was always good. You had Fred Durst who has a decent voice and he can scream really well. But the lyrics were fucking horrendous. There's some of the cheesiest fucking lines you ever hear in your life. So as you start to get a little bit older, it's like, wow, this guy's saying some stupid shit. This is like bubblegum pop bullshit with cuss words. It sucks. Exactly what it was. It was. You know what? Like angry rap rock for teenage for suburban teenagers. Yeah, yeah, it was it was screaming ass Taylor Swift with cuss words. That's what it was, and uh, um, but you know, to, there's still some songs that when it comes on to uh, my Spotify, I I don't skip them. Everyone, break so stuff is a jam. <laughs> I, I will always I'll tip my cap yeah. to that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, again, rest in peace, Don West. Uh, you're going to be sorely missed. Um, and uh, JD, yeah, you missed out on a decent TV show. We'll go ahead and start out on a, yeah. We'll go ahead and start out on BTI. Um, well, you probably didn't miss out on the main event segment, but we'll get into that a little Can't later. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, well, on the BTI pre-show, uh, George Iceman made a big announcement that uh, Kushida was making his return at uh, the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. Yeah. So there you go. And cool. then uh, they went right into Giselle Shaw uh, versus uh, Kylan King. or Ke- Is it Keelan or Kylan? Kylan. 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 Um, Giselle Shaw won. Kylan is uh, kind of doing her jobber stuff here, but uh, she looked pretty good. Jobs um, a lot of places. Kylan yeah. jobs a lot of places. Hey, Kushida wasn't on Wrestle Kingdom. He hasn't been doing a lot in New Japan. No, remember he had hand, foot, and mouth for a while, and then oh, he was just yeah. like That's off right. TV. But it looks like he's coming back. I forgot about I forgot about the hand, foot, and mouth. Yeah, that's a horrible but, uh, thing to have. By the way, you ever see someone that has that? That's terrible. One one of my airmen is currently out of work because of that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Thirty some odd year old guy has it. It actually gets worse as you get older. Ooh. So it's terrible for kids, but it's really bad for adults. They they go through the ringer when they get it. So, well, <clears throat> but and that was talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI with us and talking um, hand, foot, and mouth. And hand, foot, and mouth. All right, we're gonna go to the main show. Um, first match up: Taylor Wilde defeated Masha Slamovich. What? <laughs> yes, yes. Which a woman? Uh, Taylor Wilde, Miss Cleo herself, uh, defeated Masha Slamovich. Uh, Masha was distracted by Deanna Perrazzo, and uh, Taylor got the roll-up for a distraction finish. And then after the match, uh, Masha no-sold everything and beat the shit out of some security guards because she was pissed. It's so. cowardly. It's cowardly shit. Justin Barrasso looking like a fool putting her on his top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't think this hurt Slamovich one bit. I think no. they're just trying to, they're just trying to make Taylor Wilde seem somewhat credible because they got a new gimmick here. I would not have done this, by the way. I would not have beat Masha in Kyla a King's, way. Kyla King was on BTI. She's, she's right, right there. there. Like, well, so, but Taylor, Taylor and Masha and uh, Deanna and now Killer Kelly are doing a four-way match at Hard to Kill. So they're just trying to get sorry, them what? to intermingle. They're doing sorry, a four-way um, match at Hard to Kill. So. They oh, got to intermingle right. a little bit. You said Killer Kelly, and my brain went somewhere else. Sorry. Um, <laughs> boy, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> I heard a four way with Killer Kelly, and I just, what? Huh? What? Huh? Sorry. I'm back. Uh, I'm but the, um, the match, the match was actually pretty good. Um, I didn't really care for the finish because it's the because eh, it's, it's awful. Bit, it's the worst it's finish in professional way. wrestling ever. A distraction, distraction finish roll up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's cowardly. <laughs> you know what I hate about it is it's so cowardly. 
It's such a yeah. cowardly finish. And we see it so, we everywhere. Not here, not just WWE, not just AEW. They don't do it in New Japan, luckily. But I mean, like, it's it's a virus, man. Much like hand, foot, and mouth. It needs yeah. to be eradicated. I hate it. <laughs> Sam McCallahan cut a promo talking about how he kept getting beat down by the design, so he was going to get his it, answer tonight. About he still wants to join them. That's the story. <laughs> you still want like I don't know what's going on with this guy. Uh, you yeah, guys kicked he, my he ass last to, week. I want more. I need me some more of that. Let me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but they they don't want him apparently. Uh, well. And then we cut to Rich Swan challenging Steve Macklin to false count anywhere match at Hard Ooh. to Kill. So that should be good. Yeah, dig that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the next, I, I thought um, maybe match of the night for me. I don't know. There, there was a couple good matches on the show, but I think this one might have been the match of the night for me. Uh, Black Tarus defeated uh, Retro Anthony Green. Um, oh. Anthony Green making his debut here, former NXT star. He had worked some New Japan strong. He was also in the NOAA N one tournament this year and had a pretty strong outing there. Um, our friend Justin's a big fan of his, but uh, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Um, Torus hit a torch rack backbreaker and then hit destination hellhole for the win. The finish was brutal and fantastic, uh, says our friend uh, just or Josiah McDonald. So good, good stuff. Uh, they're building up Black Torus because he's got a title shot against Trey Miguel, who in fact attacked Black Torus after the match. So lots of shenanigans. It sounds like on this show. Well, they're they're build they're building up hard to kill, mm-hmm. man. So we got to get I'm, these. Uh, he actually attacked. It. He, he attacked Anthony Green on the apron um, and then spray painted his back. How did Anthony Green look? I thought he looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he could be, he could be somebody. And, you know, they um, obviously they're not ready to push him because they got him losing in his first match. But, you know, he's just going to be a guy that's going to work his way up. So, yeah. That's um, yeah I mean, I dig that, that matters a lot less here, I feel like, than in other places, right? Losing right yeah. away. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was cool. Um, and the next we go to uh, Kenny King. The, he's on location in Montreal uh, in Mike Bailey's uh, dojo. And uh, he walked in there and beat up all of Mike Bailey's students. Um, wow, Mike he, Bailey's students suck. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them there. And one of them was like a 12-year-old boy and he kicked his ass. It was That's awesome. awesome. Like then, Seifeld. Yeah, yeah. And then another one, there was a female uh, trainee and then um, – uh, King is actually getting ready to beat her up, and there's this huge dude. Looks like he plays offensive line in the NFL, just standing there watching. And then he waits until Kenny King has her picked up, and then he starts to try to step in. And then Kenny King throws the girl at him and uh, knocks him over. And then he beats that guy up too. So yeah, he whooped all their asses. So. Uh, that doesn't say much for Speedball as a teacher. I'll say that. Yeah, but I do like the segment, but if if all of your students get trashed by Kenny King. You probably kind of suck as a team. <laughs> yeah. And then they cut to uh, Mike Bailey. And Mike Bailey, um, this is uh, this is Josiah's words here, and I'm going to go stronger on, on what Josiah is saying here. But Mike Bailey cut a decent promo here, challenging Kenny wow. King to a, uh, a fight, a pit fight match um, at Hard to Kill. So basically they're going to take off all the ropes. Um, it's going to be a blood sport match. So no ropes. They're going to tape. And it's either knockout or submission, Kenny King and Mike Bailey. I, I'm going to say something controversial here. Um, not counting his in-ring stuff, this is the best thing Mike Bailey's ever done. Wow. Yeah, hands down, best thing I've ever seen Mike Bailey do outside of a, outside of wrestling, like actually performing moves. But That's this great. Is the mo- it's the most interesting he's ever been. He was actually legitimately pissed here uh, and cut a heartfelt promo, and they kept it to like seven seconds. It was good. There Straight you go. to the point. 
Yeah. That's what that's what he's well, that's fine. We I've been asking for for the last couple months now is to do something like with some stakes with speedball. Give me a reason to care about speedball. I'm I'm I yeah. like this. You should, you should check it out. One of our one of our one of our homies actually tagged us in it on Twitter, so I wants to know what we think about it. So uh JD, definitely check it out because I, I, I thought this was I thought this was great. Here's a question. I know speedball can definitely work a blood sports style match. Can yeah. Kenny King? There's nothing I, I've seen nothing in Kenny King's career that leads me to believe he can do the Josh Barnett stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's he trains out of Las Vegas. Maybe he's done some of that MMA style training there. Who knows? Um, but the only thing I've ever seen him do, uh, me personally, I think I've ever watched him do myself was you know, Russell and Chippendales. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. No. <laughs> Just, I'm like, where am I going to go with this? Oh, how do I not get in trouble? Um, how, how do I not get fired by Garrett? Um, that's I, kudos. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea. I do really like this idea of, of them doing like this. Because, again, the blood sports stuff is really good when you have two guys that get MMA and pro wrestling. Like, yeah, because there's some good stuff. And then sometimes it looks like worked MMA, which is not it's not good if it worked MMA kind of sucks, but like yeah. pro wrestling with some MMA elements can be really, really good. Like if you ever, if you never, if you're listening to the show, you never watched any of the Josh Barnett's blood style, a blood style, blood sports stuff. I highly recommend going back and checking some of that stuff. But Moxley did some really good stuff with it. Josh mm-hmm. did a little bit of it. I didn't, I, do you remember that Josh, Josh match Su- with Davey Suzuki. boy? Suzuki. Well, he did he did the David Boy match, but the Suzuki match is the one everybody needs to go check. That's out. the good one. The Suzuki yeah. one is not. Yeah. Or sorry, the Davy Boy one I was not super impressed with, but I thought the Suzuki one was really good. You know who Davy Boy had a really good match on Bloodsport with, and you're going to be shocked that I'm about to tell you this. Refresh my memory. I don't remember. Top it was Killer Cross. I don't know. I like, do remember that. They, they had a really good, and because Killer Cross has that MMA background, right? Mm-hmm. It just never really his. MMA stuff doesn't really hit the way he does it. He does it doesn't translate well to pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. I, I when they that. did Bloodsport, I thought he actually did pretty well with the uh, Davy Boy. I and they do hit each other hard. They I yeah. do remember. And then that's when he cut the promo asking Dave Batista to come out of retirement. Like yeah. <laughs> that was actually that's honestly the best I've ever felt. Killer, I do remember this. Now. This is like three mm-hmm. three years ago, I think. That was oh actually God, the yeah. best I think Killer Cross has ever looked. To be quite honest mm-hmm. with you, because in WWE yeah. he's all just you know Gaga. He he's, and, an, um, he's an entrance and then whack ass matches because whack ass matches. Is, it doesn't translate to WWE style. It really doesn't. No. Which is odd, and nobody else wants him, right? Yeah. And WWE pushes him. Like Triple H loves the guy. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I like this blood sports. I remember just Justin messaged me. He goes, "You have to watch this." I'm like, I don't want to watch mm-hmm. Killer Cross because again, I'd seen him in Impact, and I was never really a big fan. And he's no. like, "No, you got to watch this. Trust me." So I did, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and then he cut a really good promo afterwards, too. I'm like, Dave mm-hmm. Batista's never worked in Bloodsport. But I thought it was cool. And then since then, it's been, you know, what it is. But, yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Bloodsport's cool. I hope Impact can do right by it. Yeah, me too. Uh, next, we go to Jonathan Gresham. He uh, he beat up local job talent, Ernest R. Anthony. Um, what a name. Ernie R. Anthony, um, but he beat his ass pretty quick, um, did all his favorite submissions, and then pulled the leg so far back that it pinned the shoulders of Anthony to the mat. So there you go. Did a lot of cool stuff. I wonder if that's that dude's real name, because that sounds like one of those job guy names they put on, like, superstars <laughs> for guys. Like, that's a that's yeah. a wild-ass name. I'm glad. Who, who was I'm, it? 
Okay. Who sorry. was the promoter that had the job guy named Davey Meltzer? That would be that would be one Bill Watts. Bill Watts. And then there's another one that had Mark Meltzer too, I thought. Um, I think that might have been the UWF guy after. That would have been Watts, Herb I mean. Abrams. Herb Abrams, yeah. Those Meltzers <laughs> had lots of UWF matches. Um <laughs> yeah. yes, Bill Watts. Man. Bill, you know, funny part is Bill Watts was a subscriber to the Observer. So of course. And then know. used to talk to him all the time. Constantly. But, the then get, yeah. but then he would get mad when Dave would say things he didn't like. So nothing's changed, really. Um no. but that does sound like a bullshit uh job guy name. So I kind of like it. I'm glad yeah. Gresham's here, by the way. Yeah, me too. I, 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 you know what? I think this is the right spot for him. Me too. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Uh, next, we go. Tasha that cruiserweight Gibbs. classic thing is probably not going to happen. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's out the window now. <laughs> uh, Steels and Evans were talking backstage about how they lost to the Deaf Dolls. They were kind of pissing and moaning there, and then all of a sudden, uh, her music kicked on, which was funny because they were in the backstage. But Giselle Shaw showed up with a okay. Jay Vidal. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they, uh, Giselle Shaw was trying to convince them that they all need to be a team, but Steels says, every team you've ever been a part of is broken up now. Why would I want you to be on our team? And uh, she basically said, well, do the math. They have three. You have two. If you add me and Jay, we have one up on them. And so then they huddled around to try to figure out how they're going to work this out. But uh, so I like that Steels is not that stupid. She's like, no, you, you suck at this. I Sometimes I feel like Tasha is like, you know, like the character in the movie that realizes they're in the movie and is like trying to reason with things. I, this Tasha's done this a couple times where I'm like, yeah, she's right. Like, um, I like the consistency with the character. Tasha's great. Yeah. You got a message? Um, You're looking at notes. Uh, like, no, yeah, I got so. a message from Mike Garrett. He was wanting to know if we were recording. So let oh. him know. We're, we're a little bit late, boss. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, then we go to the design. They cut a promo with uh, Diener saying that Callahan's journey to become one of the design starts next week when they shave his head. Um, I get the feeling this is a trap. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to complain. The, how many times have we seen the shave the head thing with the cults? Right. The, eh. the second, the, the straight edge society with the straight Serena society. And, yeah. Uh, and then they, then AEW tried to like redo the whole thing completely with Brandy Rhodes. And I feel like that's, I feel like we've seen it somewhere else too. I don't, I don't know, yeah. man. They should like cut. Well, we saw it here. We saw it here. They shaved we did Diener's see it head. here. Yeah, yeah. that's Eric right. Young, they did shave Diener's head. I'm not crazy. Um, uh, yeah. Eric Young did not even try to shave Joe Dring's head. Joe, Joe's like, fuck you. I'm not even taking <laughs> off my hat. So. Joe's like, I got a skull it. I'm keeping the yeah. skull it. Joe, Joe should Young. have shaved his head, honestly, but he was like, you're not touching it. <laughs> you're best Texan with hair like that. And nobody tells you what to do. No, no, no. And then they had a fantastic hype video for Josh Alexander about how he was now the longest reigning impact champion of all time. They really did a good job. JD, you need to go ahead out of your way to check this one out. That I'm um, going to, I love our, I love impact video packages. Okay. Oh, th- this was what the, the first of uh, two or three amazing ones that they did tonight. Oh, sweet. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And they're all on Twitter. The full the full segments are on Twitter. Just go to the Impact Twitter page, and they'll pop right up. So done. Um, yeah, Moose entered the ring to cut a promo on Joe Hendry. Moose said that he was going to do bad things to Joe. As about uh, people started chanting, "What?" Um, and then Moose said that Hendry was only positive because he's never faced adversity, and he was going to bring that to him because he would do anything to be number one in Impact Wrestling. And then he said the only way he was going to get. Uh, Joe Hendry, he wanted Joe Hendry right now. So he said that he had to say his name. And as soon as he said, say his name, Hendry <laughs> appeared with his theme song <laughs> of course. and said that, said that the real moose was misunderstood. The real moose was a fun loving guy, not a scumbag. So many people could love and said to prove that I have made a song for you, moose. 
and I've made you new entrance music. So to the theme of Joe Hendry's song, um, Joe Hendry wrote a song called Dancing Moose with little videos of Moose doing different dances from his babyface days in Impact and some of his uh, earlier heel stuff. Um, it was really, really funny. The, ch- the fans actually got really into it. They started chanting Dancing Moose, Dancing Moose, while Moose was getting pissed around ringside, doing the old school heel stuff, telling them to shut up. And uh, they're, they're going to have a match at Hard to Kill. And then as Moose is about to leave, he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Now hit my real music. And then, of course, they hit Dancing Moose again, the theme song, and they played it again. So it was good, good stuff. Uh, if you like old school heel comedy, this is fantastic. That is uh, that is great. <laughs> there's yeah. just, okay, there's something about the Joe Hendry character, and I think it's just his his own personal charisma. That stuff that would be stupid with another person works and that's just that's just about being a performer and having comedic timing right because two guys tell a joke it can be hilarious with one and terrible with another just because of their timing and joe henry has this unique charisma and this impeccable comedic timing so Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's great i'm i'm so glad he's back (laughs) yeah and then the second amazing video of the night was a promo video of mickey james recapping basically her whole career um in a nutshell i think i think it was like 10 minutes honestly um they did a really good job and the guy that actually did it he is a documentary guy he posted about it on impact or on uh, on twitter and impact retweeted it so the guy's got a lot of talent he actually even talked about the equipment that he used so jd you probably like that i put that in the the bfi chat there so we're gonna go take a look at that but talked about how she first uh how she trained her early days in TNA, being paired up with CM Punk and Raven, Julio De Niro, and then heading to WWE and her story with Tristratus, and then coming back and st- to TNA and doing her whole hardcore country thing. So, um, And then she goes in to talk about how she met Nick Aldis and all that stuff. So really, really good stuff. Uh, they're basically... You know, they make it, they're making it seem like they're putting a bow on Mickey James's career, which is going to make the swerve that I've written, the swerve that I'm calling for, all the much better. The gathering was that was that um the yeah, flock? yeah I think flock? yeah I, I think it was yeah. um cool I I love these things I love it's the one thing I, I that, that always bums about AEW because they don't have the history to do these kind of awesome video packages that Impact which has been around for twenty years does have the access to all this old stuff WWE could do things like this but they choose not to because mm-hmm. like I don't know if it happened two years ago it's like it happened in another universe in that company like history is great I love these kind of things I can't wait to watch that yeah and uh, our buddy Josiah said James talked about how she met Nick Aldis for the first time uh, which seems like they may be bringing him in with the timing of this oh, oh well, Jos- he was a free Josiah listens to the show he's cribbing <laughs> cribbing notes come on man <laughs> yeah I-, I ain't mad at you um, no I appreciate it actually yeah um, well, and, you know, the first guy that actually said the idea out loud, although I had the idea, I was waiting for our show to bust it out, but it was uh, Gerard, and he's been telling everybody about it too. So I think a lot of us are on the same page. It makes total sense to just turn right there. Yeah, you it's got to. right there. Yeah, I want to see it. I'm, I'm the more I think about it, the more excited I get for what's coming. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they they cut to that, and then I think if you're watching on Access, you had probably had a three minute commercial break. But for those of us on YouTube, which is how I watched, they cut right into the uh, Don West tribute video, and they did about a three to four minute tribute video awesome. with uh, Gail Kim, Moose, Eddie Edwards, a lot of people from the roster. Uh, Chris Harris was even on it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Really, you know, really sad. 
um you know brothers get choked up a little bit watching that so that's one of the ones uh lots of cool footage uh, of don west and some uh featuring some of his greatest calls so um that was awesome man good good that's stuff great. they did a they did a great job a great tribute to to don so you know what's cool is don got love too on both the other shows i know michael cole and, and next caliber yeah. both talking about him that's that's pretty cool man impact doesn't get the love from the mainstream but you know Got to show love for Don. I'm happy. I'm happy for that. I I was I was really happy that Michael Cole did that. Me like, too. Ex- Excalibur would be expected. Yeah. Michael Cole doing that just makes it seem like you know what Michael Cole is the most famous guy in the field right now just because he's on the biggest show he's on smackdown mm-hmm. i mean jim ross is probably the most famous but michael cole is kind of the voice of the biggest WWE. company in the world yeah. right now WWE. It has been. and and has for a long time mm-hmm. and for him to do something like that i thought was really cool so kudos to him uh he's doing a since since vince left michael cole has been a lot better from the premium live events that i've been watching of wwe he's been great and anytime i hear him and pat mcafee they always do a really good job so good chemistry um, yeah, Wade Barrett, I think, is doing SmackDown now, but McAvee should be back soon. So, um, Next match, we got Chris Saban defeating Matt Cardona. Um, so this was this was a good match. Uh, probably match number two, my second favorite match of the night. Um, not really much to it. I just, you know, Chris Saban's great, and so is Cardona. So they did all kinds of heel stuff, interference stuff, um, but uh, Chris Saban uh, got the cradle shock on Cardona for the pinfall here. So good, good stuff. Matt Cardona probably should rethink a lot of his decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah. Impact doesn't look so bad after all, Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, I, I think that if he was going back, he might want to rethink that strategy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe, uh, and you know, Impact should really make the guy a deal. I, I think they, they, that he could be a guy for this company. Man. Been saying it for a year, if not longer, yeah. right? Uh, Chelsea, I think, will be just fine. <sighs> Yeah, well, I mean, she's been she got fired before, but I think she got fired by Papa H, didn't she? She got fired by Papa H. Yeah. She did not. She, I don't know if Vince has ever actually looked at Chelsea. So, well, she I think she did. She did do one SmackDown match, and it was I just remember it vividly because I was doing my my column at the time, and she'd come on to SmackDown, and the entrance that she did was the entire Tessa Blanchard entrance. She did every mannerism that Tessa really? was using at Impact at the time. Yeah, so pissed well, a lot of people off. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. that's funny. I think that, well, I actually think, I think Chelsea's grown a lot in the two years yeah. she's been gone. I actually think that, uh, old pervert will be quite fond of her stuff now. Yeah. Um, as the announcers are trying to run down the card, the hard to kill, and we still had 12 minutes left in the show at this point, uh, bully Ray came down, oh, showed up and, uh, he was supposed to be at home. He had been sent home by Scott Demore, but bully Ray doesn't have to listen. Uh, I guess you did li- Guess who did listen? Josh Alexander went home like a little boy. He's the only person that has to follow any rules in this show whatsoever. Cody Deaner killed a man. Yeah. He came down, he yelled at Tom Hannafin, and he yelled at uh, people around ringside. Um, He called out Josh Alexander, knowing that Josh wasn't there. So Scott Demore came down to the ring. um, And uh, Demore, so this was was very interesting. While Demore was talking, um, they sweetened the crowd. They actually started using some, they pop, piped in some crowd noise, and then they really piped it in while uh, Bully Ray was talking. Because you could look around ringside, ain't nobody saying nothing. So they just piped in the crowd noise, which I appreciate. But um, Demore said that uh, 
Um, Demore said that he brought Ray back, a bully Ray back, because he was hoping he was a changed man. And because people had taken multiple chances on him, he thought he would do the same thing for bully Ray. But he said he was wrong and that Devon didn't even want to be in the same room in it with him unless someone gave him a ton of money. That's true. So Demore alienated everyone that had faith in him, including Tommy Dreamer, um, and that bully Ray was going to die alone, a lonely man, a sad, lonely man. Um, and it was actually a really good promo from Demore. This is probably the best thing that he's done in the company in a long, long time. Scott um, is a good promo when, when motivated. He, he, he is. Ray then said uh, that he wouldn't leave sad or pathetic. He'd be the Impact World Champion. Um, and then they just traded insults, slapping the mic out of each other's hand. And then Demore like, um, spit at him. And then Bully Ray said, why don't you hit me? Why don't you hit me? So Demore then hit him. And because Demore's the boss, Bully Ray sold the fuck out of that punch. <laughs> just flew back into the into the uh, the corner and all this, and then and sold it like he had gotten shot in the face or got hit by Mike Tyson. But he sprang back up, and then uh, Skyler and Hotch hit the ring. They held Demore. Uh, they held Demore's arms. And Bully Ray kicked him in the stomach, and then uh, power bombed him through a table. So they did the whole Dixie spot. So uh, oh, wow. and then Ray, yeah, then Ray claimed that he'd be the next world champion as we went off the air. A power bomb through a table with Bully Ray? Whoa. Yeah. They really switched it up on us. Whoa, spooky. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Everybody. Yeah. I hate I hate this so much. I know I didn't watch it, but I, like in my mental Just, window, I saw that I know exactly how it played out. And I hate it. Yeah. Well, when my is thing over? is my thing is is you know, why would they turn Bully Ray babyface by having a power bomb to more through a table? Because that's a baby face move to me. <laughs> why does the only person that ever listens to Scott DeBoer, Josh Alexander, and why does Josh listen? He's the yeah. only freaking person that listens to Scott DeMore on this show. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, but overall, it was a, it was a pretty solid episode of Impact. I encourage if you guys did not get a chance to watch it, like JD, I'd encourage you to go check it out. Um, probably don't need to see the last twelve minutes of it. The nope. Impact put Impact put like the the final two minutes of it showing Demore getting powerbomb their table. That's all you need to see there. Although Demore, I got to give credit to the boss man. Demore did cut a good, pretty good promo leading up to that moment, but uh, it just promo. it. It went a bit long for my taste. I, I felt, and I, I think this storyline has gone on too long, and I'm excited for it to be over with. Can't wait. I hope Josh. I hope Josh just beats the tar out of him. We never see Bully Ray again. And then we we move on to bigger and better things, and we are going to move on to Patreon. So if you want to hear some more exclusive audio and some excess content, man, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I sent JD all the notes. Um, we got some more stuff coming up. So head over to patreon.com slash fight game media for more. And we are out.